Welcome back to another insightful episode of Above the Me, a podcast about individuals actively working to cultivate their mindset, to pursue their passions, and pushing themselves to be better than the standard in order to stand out. I'm your host, Veronica Thompson. In today's episode, you will get to hear from an amazing author who specializes in helping people release their limiting beliefs and fear so that they can obtain their authentic confidence. We talk about everything from her new book, Manifestation and Breathwork, to learning how to control our egos. I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm super, super excited because I'm joined by the lovely Leah Party, a manifestation teacher, a business coach, author of Confessions of an Uncaged Soul, and the host of the Bare Naked Soul podcast. Leah, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. You're a very busy woman, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. Perfect, perfect. Well, I want to just dive right in because I have so many questions for you. I guess the best place to start would be chronologically. I'm curious to know a little bit about your upbringing. What was it like? Yeah, so I was actually homeschooled until eighth grade. Um, so that was pretty significant. I didn't like it. I was begging <laughs> to go to school. Um, probably around the age of like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, I was like, I want to go to school and eventually made my way to public school in eighth grade. But um, but looking back, I think it has impacted my entrepreneurial, you know, tendencies or because with entrepreneurship, you need to be willing to take risks and willing to be like self-led. And yeah, I really had a big problem with authority when I got to school, I learned. (laughs) So I think that partially led to me being someone who's willing to take creative risks and put themselves out there. So um, yeah, then I went to school in eighth grade and I had a really bad first year. I got bullied really bad. I didn't know like how to dress like a normal kid. I mean, I was homeschooled like at the time this is in the early nineties, like homeschooling wasn't as popular as it is now. So it was very small group of people that I was around. Um, I was going to so say maybe, in the nineties, I feel like everyone was kind of dressing a little wild too. So what, what defines normal? <laughs> right. Right. I didn't know like the terms they were using. Like I didn't know how to be a, a kid that spoke the way they spoke or anything. So just like a fish out of water, but eventually, um, I found my way and I'm a super extroverted person. So then I made friends in high school and ended up enjoying it. Um, and the other thing that's significant is I was someone who, you know, I didn't grow up with, with money. So I was very much someone who learned from an early age, like, oh, I am responsible for making my own money. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I'm going to just make it happen. And so I was always somebody that had worked from a really young age, um, I was babysitting when I was like 13, but like had like a whole business. Like I had business cards, I hung flyers. So that I think was an introduction to like creating my own reality, so to speak. So that was kind of a brief summary of my childhood. No, and it's great because I know you had alluded to the fact that it kind of sparked that interest and entrepreneurial spirit in you. How did you get into the field of manifestation? Like what called you to this purpose? Yeah, so I went to college. I did the whole practical thing, you know, business major and worked in sales after college, worked my way up, was learning about mindset because that's part of sales, a big part of sales, right? So I was learning about mindset, learning about confidence, really into books about like working to have the corporate ladder and all of that. And I 
I um, ended up stumbling upon the book, The Secret. And so that was kind of my gateway drug into all of it. So I was like, wow, there's this whole world of manifestation, law of attraction. I'd never heard of any of it. This was when I was 26 and it just changed everything for me. So I dove headfirst into the podcasts and the books and putting it into practice in my life. And it was just very quickly changing my life so significantly, just changing the way I thought about things. Um, it was just wild. So yeah, that's how I found it. No, I'm a very big, big believer in law of attraction. If anyone knows me knows that I believe 1000% that you are the energy that you put out into the world. So if you put out positive energy, positive vibes, you're going to get that back tenfold. So I know that you're a manifestation coach. Can you walk us through some of the exercises that you do with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the the most simple thing of law of attraction, right, is is your vibrational match for for what you want, right? You like you have to become a vibrational match for what you want. The energy that you're putting out there is what you're going to get. Like we know that. That's the most obvious thing. But it's also not that easy, right? It takes practice. So I love to remind my clients and work with them on being being the vibe and I, I say the vibe some people say the vortex it's like when you're feeling really good when you're not in resistance that's the vibe when you're um I always say it's like a combination of certainty and surrender hmm. is what creates the manifestation so it's all about letting go of resistance it's all about noticing where we're being pulled off into the land of worrying into the land of of self-doubt um so yeah, so it's all about creating like daily rituals and practices that release resistance for us so we can stay in the vibe and so that we can stay in a vibrational match. Um, so that might look like I, I assign a lot of like personalized journaling prompts for my clients based on what they're working on, um, which is a huge part of, of what has changed my life and what, what they use to change their lives and businesses. So that's a really, really big one. Um, I love EFT tapping. So I'll like assign EFT tapping videos. And another thing that I really love that I'm always encouraging my clients to do is putting reminders in their phone throughout the day to go off. So like on an iPhone, you can go to like the, um, I think it's just called reminders and mm -hmm. I'll have like affirmations go off throughout the day. Reminders about what we want to call in. So we can just throughout the day be pulled back into like, okay, let me check on my vibe. Let me check where I'm at. Like, am I sitting here worrying about the how? Am I sitting here worrying about whatever it is and creating all this resistance? Can I let go of some of that? And can I get back into the vibe? So I think that's like one of the biggest things is working on creating these like rituals throughout the day so that you're sticking with it and creating consistency with it. No, I definitely agree. And it's funny that you brought that up because actually starting this year, I downloaded an app where it gives me affirmations every day. And like, I'll do like a quick, like rapid round in the morning. Well, I'll say like five to 10 different affirmations kind of just over and over for like a five minute period. And I really do start to notice like the difference it makes and like the positivity that I feel when I do it and like how I feel afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. Like we are, we are responsible for the way that we feel. I mean, we're not responsible for every single event that happens in our lives, but we can choose again, you know, and that's, that's another thing that's really important too, is, is noticing when we do get something bad happens, right? Bad things happen. We get upset about something like taking the time to really feel that feeling it, 
allowing the emotions to leave our bodies because we don't want to hold that in. We don't want to bottle that up. So remembering to like, it's okay, like cry it out, scream into a pillow, like let those feelings out and then go into your, you know, after you can get yourself into a neutral state and then you feel okay. Okay, now how do we desire to feel? Can I do some affirmations? Can I do some EMT tapping? What can I do to get myself back in the vibe of feeling really, really good? Um, but it's just crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy how affirmations just program things right into your mind. They start to pop up at random times instead of the self-doubt. It'll be like whatever the affirmations were. Now, you speak a lot about affirmations and I know uh, manifestation is a part of that. Do you believe that manifesting and spirituality coincide like, I feel that there's a common misconception that people think that in order for manifestation, for manifestation to work, you have to be a spiritual person. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I mean, manifestation is just bringing things into reality, right? So you could be, you could think of manifestation as just achieving your goals. I think that like when you and I use the term, we're probably referring to it with like law of attraction, right? Like that's what we're talking about. Um, law of attraction kind of a spiritual thing. I mean, it's kind of its own religion, so to speak. I mean, it's not, there's not necessarily a set of set religion, a set of rules, but it's like a, a philosophy. It's a way of believing. I think it really helps to believe in law of attraction um, and use those principles. And I mean, to me, spirituality is being guided from within. So it's kind of the opposite of religion where you're being taught to look at someone else or yeah, that someone else has the answers. It's more like it's within me. So it, it kind of goes along with um with law of attraction, but I think I don't necessarily. I mean, you could you could not consider yourself spiritual and believe in law of attraction and vice versa. What do you think? No, I definitely agree. And I really liked how you said that it really inevitably boils down to what's in with you and like your personal connection with it. Because I remember one thing my mom always taught me or one thing she always said was that happiness is fleeting. It's very conditional and situational. And so one thing that you should always strive for is inner peace. And that's something that I've always taken with me because it's so right. Like you can be happy one second and sad the next. But as long as you have that inner peace to ground you and go back to, I feel like it, it kind of helps hone in and like bring you back to your center. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I think it's almost like, it's almost like having a foundation of like being grounded and being at peace. And then you can like experience the fleeting happiness moments and ex even experience the bad things that happen. But you have this foundation of like a trusting place. And for me, that's like where my spirituality is. It's like, I have a deep trust in myself combined with a belief that I have a connection to source, you know, source energy, God, goddess, universe, whatever you want to call it. So it's like, no matter what happens, I feel like I can have this trust. And that is a huge piece for manifestation too, right? Like we have to have that trust piece so that we can like not always be worried about things. But yeah, that's so interesting. No, and I agree. You're right. There is that really big aspect of trust that I think a lot of people often like forget about because it's one thing to say it and like kind of believe it, but you, in order for it to work, you full heartedly with your whole heart have to believe it to work and have to trust in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Trust is key. And, and for me, that trust is definitely, yeah. I mean, law of attraction is kind of spirituality, right? It's like the universe, the universal laws. 
So that trust is in the universe and in the laws to work out. Yeah, work out in your favor. Yeah. 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 And now I know you also host breath work workshops. Ooh, that's like a, that was a lot of alliteration. <laughs> um, can you elaborate on what exactly you do in those workshops and like, what do participants get out of them? Because I'm really interested in the science behind breath work. Yeah. Yeah. Breath work is amazing. So I started teaching breath work because a lot of, so I was teaching meditation initially and people would come to me constantly and be like, but Leah, I can't meditate. Like, I just can't. I'm one of those people. I I literally can't. And everyone's telling me, you just got to give it a try. You just got to give it a try. And I'm just, it's not working for me. So I'm definitely all ears. Yeah. So I think breath work is really, really the place to start because one of the interesting, like sciencey things about breath work is that when we're doing, and for anyone who does never heard of breath work before, it's just breathing patterns. That's all that the word really means is like specific breathing patterns. There is a ton of different ways to do it. So one interesting thing that it does though, is it shuts off the default mode network part of the brain. And that's the part of the brain that is that constant monkey mind chatter that like never shuts up. So when you're like trying to meditate, but you have all these thoughts and you're like, oh, like, why won't I like, where's that inner peace? So breath work shuts that off for you. So I like to do my workshops and involve different things, depending on the kind of breath work that we're doing, but it's great to, it's great to do breath work and then allow yourself to go into a meditative state afterwards, way easier because that default mode network is shut off. So it's a really, really great place to start. Um, there's so many other health benefits and like sciencey things about it too. I mean, it's a great way to, you know, earlier I was talking about how we store emotions, right? We suppress emotions and then we get so easily triggered. You know how there's like that phrase, like you can't say to your family member because they'll fly off the handle. That's <laughs> a trigger for them. And it's rubbing up on something inside of them. It's rubbing up on an emotion that is living in their body that they never moved through. And so I, I really encourage my clients and everyone who listens to me, like, feel your feelings when they're there, feel them. They're okay. They're safe. Learn to be okay with them. But breath work is also a great way to move through, like move some of those emotions, stuck energy in motion in your body out by shaking your system up. So that's one really powerful thing that does. It helps us release trauma and other stuck emotions just through the rhythmic breathing. It moves them out. And so sometimes that can look like Sometimes you might cry during a session, you might feel some anger, um, feeling different things, and it's just releasing. And so breathwork workshops and classes and sessions, they really leave you feeling lighter, um, is the way that I would describe it, and that many people tend to describe it, is you just feel lighter, and it's because you like let some things go that you had bottled up. That's interesting that you say it. Um, it kind of reminds me of like my therapist tells me like to breathe in and exhale all the ne- negativity that you're holding in. And that's kind of what that reminded me of doing. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so for breath work, is it like something that you would recommend doing daily for people? Or I guess it's just kind of on a day by day or person by person case. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone can benefit from doing breath work daily. I mean, I'd probably do it five days a week. So it's not like every single day. I'm not going to be upset with myself if I miss a day, but as a regular part of my routine, super helpful. Um, 
it has a wide range of health benefits too. I mean, so you're, you're going to get the health benefits from doing it consistently, right? You might go to a workshop and release something really big and have like a transformational experience, but you're going to get more out of it if you're doing it regularly and especially the health benefits. So um, a couple of things that it does for you, it, um, it strengthens the lungs, Mm. which sounds great, but it's actually super, super important because um, when you, when you're strengthening the lung capacity and you're increasing your lung capacity, that's actually one of the biggest markers for longevity as, as a human. So like living a longer and healthier life is your lung capacity. So that's just one thing that doing breath work regularly does for you. Um, another really cool thing is that they've done studies around um, heart rate variation. And so that's like the the rate of your, like the variation of the rates between like in your heartbeats, like that variation between your heartbeats. And so people who do breath work regularly have a higher HRV. And that basically means you're just more of that inner peace. You're just more calm. You're not as likely to have your feathers ruffled by things that happen in life, AKA your nervous system going out of whack when you get it, go into fight or flight mode, right? People aren't gonna piss you off as easily. And you're going to spend more time in the rest and digest nervous system mode um, with that higher HRV. And base so basically what that means is you're going to be a happier, more calm person who's also healthier because we know that stress causes 70 to 90% of doctor visits, right? The root cause tends to be stress. Stress kills people. So when we can do breath work regularly and raise that HRV and get ourselves into like a less stressed, more zen-like frame of mind we're going to be happier and we're also going to be a lot healthier. Speaking of stress, I listened to one of your podcast episodes, Scared to Take the Leap, Here's How to Decide. And the reason why I relate this to stress is because I know I very much stress out and have a lot of anxiety over when I have to make decisions, even sometimes small decisions, mainly big decisions. But I really like that in your podcast episode, you included the notion that sometimes it can be detrimental when we ask others for their opinions during our decision-making process, because I know that I am very guilty of this. I will probably text my mom or like my two closest best friends before I make like any big decisions. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to collaborate with other humans, right? I think a lot has been accomplished in this world by getting brains together and allowing ourselves to be supported and have help from other people. What I think is a really interesting practice is when, you, when you're going to ask someone for help, let's say you have a, a problem or you have to make a decision and your instinct is like, let me ask someone, who can I ask? Check in with, check in and say, well, like, what do I want them to say? First of all, what do I hope they say? And kind of, that's kind of a clue to like your intuition. Like, what do you really want, right? Sometimes I find myself wanting to ask someone for advice, but I do this little check-in with myself and I realize I'm just looking for validation. I'm just hoping they'll confirm the decision that I want to make and make me feel better about it instead of just trusting myself because I know it's what I want to do, right? And so in that instance, there really then becomes no need to ask for advice. I can validate myself and practicing validating myself, right? Um, so just like doing little check-ins and saying like, why, like, why, why, like, what do I want them to say? What do I hope they'll say? What do I think they might say? Checking in just to see. And then if it's something where it really would feel like it makes sense to collaborate, great. Talk to people about, about their input, but be clear with yourself with, 
you know, we tend to do that and then we'll get upset if they say the thing we didn't want them to say, right? They don't support our decision. So your, your intuition is always number one. You always know better than anyone else on the planet could when you're really in touch with your soul's desires and you're being honest with yourself about them. So feeling into that first, like, okay, what do I feel like I know to be true? Maybe I want to get some advice from others, but like, I'm always going to ultimately do what I, what I believe. So it really depends on the situation too, you know, on what, you know, like if I'm launching something in my business, it might make sense to talk to a few peers, industry peers. Hey, what would you guys think if you came across a sales page and here's what it said, right? To get some input, get some ideas. But at the end of the day, it's always, our intuition is always the biggest knower that we have. And we all have times when we've gone against our intuition and it's, you know, came back to bite us, right? I think, no, I definitely agree because I feel like our intuition and our ego can sometimes be our biggest detriments. And I know in that episode, you kind of touched upon controlling our ego. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more, uh, a little bit more on this, like uh, giving tips or advice on what people can do to help control their ego? Yeah. So to me, our ego is like the fear-based mind. So we might have a desire that comes to us. We might have a creative idea, some inspiration. Almost always, we're going to try to talk ourselves out of it, right? And that's our ego, right? That's that's the part of us that's trying to keep us in our comfort zone and um, is really concerned with our image, what people think about us, all those things that tend to contribute to us making decisions that don't truly fulfill us. So it's all about awareness. You know, awareness is, it's like that foundation of inner peace. It's like that grounded place you start at. And when you like, I love having a morning routine because when I get myself grounded in the morning, feeling good, then I can notice when those thoughts come in. I can notice when my ego is pulling me in a certain direction or when I'm having a lot of fear or doubt. And I can say, huh, that's interesting that I'm experiencing that. Like I'm observing it and I'm forgiving it when it need, when I need to. Um, an exercise that I love to work with people on when they are trying to figure out like, okay, is it my ego? Is it my intuition? Like which voice is talking? Like which voice do I listen to? Because we can say like, we should be following our intuition all the time and everyone would agree, but we, it's often challenging to learn what that sounds like. And so this is where the conversation of like, fuck the shoulds comes in because the shoulds is, is what society wants. The shoulds is what our parents told us to believe or what we were supposed to believe, right? It's, it's a should. And, and it typically is the opposite of what we actually want. So when I'm in a dilemma where I'm like, well, is it my intuition? Is it ego? Like, I don't know what to do. I'm always like journaling, okay, like where's the should? The should or the shouldn't, right? And, and where's the desire? And they're usually opposites. And I'm going to go with my desire. I'm going to go with my soul-led heart desire because to me, that's our intuition. The word desire comes from desire, two words of the father. So it's from God. So it's our intuition coming through. And it's almost always the opposite of the should. I love that. I really, really love it. I feel like I need that on a shirt. I've, I've never heard someone explain it like that, but I think that's really, really valuable. And I definitely agree because I feel like our shoulds are definitely those like limiting beliefs that we have that kind of keep us in our bubbles or in a box and like keep us out of going out of our comfort zone essentially. And like, that's what kind of helps, not helps, but can kind of stall you in like 
yourself journey or like experiencing new opportunities, new adventures, new experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that should voice is often like that ego voice, like fear and doubt and what are people going to think and just stick with what you've always known. Right. So it keeps us, keeps us in our comfort zone. And speaking of comfort zones, I'm just going to slide on into this next segue. You recently released a book, Confessions of an Uncaged Soul, and it's a memoir. And I was reading a little bit of it and I read that you're very raw and you're very like vulnerable in the book. And how did it feel to just lay out all your stories on those pages and be so vulnerable with the public? I mean, it was absolutely terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I was terrified. I've also been doing my podcast for a a little over three years now. So I'm used to having some level of, of that vulnerability and sharing those stories. Um, but I was scared, you know, I put it off for a long time. I I started the book a couple of times and then stopped. Eventually I just had to push through and I really had to, I really had to surrender to the process and decide that it's just art, you know, and a book that really helped me at that point in my life was, um, was Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Do you know that book? No, no. It's so good. It's, it's very much a book about creating and the creative process it's it's just incredible she's the woman who wrote eat pray love so she's also a fabulous writer right so yeah so um deciding that it's just art and it really isn't that serious and and a big part of it is detaching my self-worth from my outer success my book my all my things right that those things have nothing to do with my worth and so that was really helpful to and it's not that I have a hundred percent like it's not that I'm 100% done ever worrying about anything ever, right? Like I'm totally still a human, but a big part of it was letting go of like how how good this book does has nothing to do with me. This is just me making art. Not everyone's going to love it. That's okay. Like I really surrendered to that and got to a place where I was, you know, making goals around the book and selling the book and making plan, you know, making plans to sell the book, but from a detached place, like whatever happens, I'm okay. And that is like a really beautiful place to be in life. And what kind of helped you form that detachment skill? Because I feel like that is in itself a skill. It's not something that easily comes to people. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's a skill. And any of these things, I mean, I feel like manifesting is a skill because it's, it's you combining that surrender and that certainty. It's you practicing believing in yourself, right? It's you practicing all of those things. Um, all the things we talk about are, are things we practice. And most people aren't, ever going to do these things because they're not willing to commit to practicing it right in our society we want things now we want them yesterday (laughs) and so we're not as willing to commit to it so you have to really have a strong why and really really decide like I am no longer willing to make my self-worth um attached to my outer purpose right and I used to be 100% all of my worth all of how I felt about myself depended on how other people saw me, my status, me getting the promotions at work, right? Like me getting my MBA, all of it was so I could feel good about myself. And so I've been working on this for a long time. I've been practicing the skill of noticing the thoughts that say, what what are people thinking? Or is this good enough? Or what, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, And detaching from them and letting them go and journaling through it and releasing it over time. So it's definitely... 
it definitely is a process, but it's so beautiful because then you're allowed to just create and do things and take risks and live your life without always worrying what everybody thinks. No, and I definitely 1000% agree. In my last episode, I actually talked about limiting beliefs and I was reading through your book when I saw that you had the realization about a limiting belief that you were a people pleaser. Can you talk about the tools and skills you use to attempt to learn how to unlearn this limiting belief? Yeah, yeah. People pleasing. Oh my gosh, it's so huge. Yeah, (laughs) little girl, like think of how we talk to little girls. We praise them for being cute and pretty and dressed nicely and kind and sweet, right? Those are the things we we reinforce with little girls as opposed to little boys. We aren't really doing that with them. It's be brave. It's be tough. You're a big boy. Get up. You can do it. You know, um, so very, very different ways that we're brought up. And so, and then adding to that, I think a lot of us had moms who um, were people pleasers, who put themselves last, you know, because that was the the good thing to do. Because, I mean, looking back, like generations before us, like, Women didn't have rights. Women weren't able to um, make decisions for themselves, right? So it was always like they were putting themselves last and their kids and husband, everybody else came first. And so, yeah, just like learning all of that helped me a lot because when you when you like learn those things and you have that on your mind and you're aware, you have that ground, that grounded nature, that foundation of groundedness, then you can notice when, once again, the thoughts come up of, what is that person going to think, right? How, like, uh, am I good enough at this? Am I good enough? Um, you know, how can I be more perfect? Like you're noticing these things and you're just over and over, like forgiving them, letting them go, forgiving them, letting them go and just continuing to work through it. And just, it's a process. Like you have to be patient with yourself, like you said, because it's not going to come right away. Exactly. Yes. Now, it's clear that being fully yourself unapologetically and living life on your own term is one of your missions. Do you have a mantra that you like to live by or like an affirmation that you that's like your favorite that you'll say to yourself? Oh, man, I really don't. I feel like it rotates a lot. I love this. I love the saying the only way out is through. I say that one a lot, like you have to move through the fear. There's no, you know, the only way out is through it. It's not going to go away before we take the action. But that's really the only like mantra I can think of that's like consistent for me. No, I mean, that one's a good one because I feel like it very much gets to the point of like cutting through the bullshit and just like the only way to get out of it is to go through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to go around the emotions. We want to go around the pain. It's like, nope, doesn't work like that. <laughs> And so now to end the kind of episode, I have a few little more fun, but deep questions that I'd like to ask you. The first being is what you're doing now, what you always wanted to do growing up. Oh, I love that. So I, I had a lot of different ideas growing up. I wasn't someone who just like wanted to be the same thing forever, but really like, it's interesting because when I was little, I I was always dreaming of like, be like acting like being on tv being in movies but I never pursued it you know it was never something that I believed was even possible right like that just seemed you wouldn't actually pursue that um 
And another one was I wanted to have a magazine, which I think is somewhat related to, to what I do now. So yeah, I think that what I wanted to do changed so much. You know, I changed my major in college. Like I, it's always changed. But what I, what I find interesting is me developing the belief in myself through learning about manifestation to then start this business to then even have more of a reason to stay on top of my mindset, right? Because the business has been so like, helped me stay accountable. Like I have to show up and do the things, right? Um, and then now recently I've gotten a little bit into acting, which I think is so interesting. Like I never would have thought that was possible. I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know, I don't live in LA or anything like that. And I'm like very new to it. So I'm, you know, nothing crazy. I haven't even had a speaking role yet, but it's just funny how it all works, you know? And, and, um, yeah, it's it's just really funny. I remembered the other day I was actually journaling around this because I was feeling I was really excited about I was just like a background in a TV show that my husband watches last last week. And so I was telling my friends about it and I was really excited. And I was like, this is so fun. Like I get to be around people and like meet new people and whatever. And um I was like, but part of me feels some shame around it. Like there's definitely a piece of shame. I shouldn't be talking about this. You know, I was afraid to talk about it on Instagram for the first time that I was doing this. And so I was journaling, like, what is that? Like, when did I learn that I shouldn't be into this type of thing? And what came up was a memory that I hadn't thought about in years of being maybe 11 years old and telling my friend that I decided I wanted to become a model. And I was so excited about it. And I kept talking about it. And she told me to stop talking about it. And she was, she was like really annoyed with me. Um, and I don't know, you know, why, who knows, right? But that definitely, that had to have been the moment when I learned you shouldn't want to be in the spotlight. You shouldn't, you know, want that type of thing because it's kind of maybe too cocky. Like I must think highly of myself and do that sort of thing, right? And then also I think I internalized like you shouldn't be too excited about your dreams like around people. So it was a really wild realization for me, like, wow, those things like that we learn as kids that really, really stick with us. Um, definitely still, still noticing thoughts around that. Like, oh, if I talk about this, they're going to think I'm full of myself. You know, if I think I can be an actor, you know, like, so it's really, yeah, I think that was like a long answer to your question, but I thought it was relevant because how interesting is that? No, I think that's super interesting. And I was just thinking, first, I want to know which show but I definitely agree with you in the fact that it still blows my mind. I still find instances today where I will correlate a feeling that I have like an anxiety or like a sadness. And if I trace it back, it stems from a childhood trauma or like a childhood interaction that I had with someone else that really left a way bigger impact than I was expecting to. And it's manifesting itself in my adulthood. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, there's so much that we can do by digging back through childhood memories, you know, and looking at where did I learn this? Who taught me this? It's so huge. Cause once we have that realization, it's like, oh, so then it's not really me feeling guilty about this. It's a fear that someone else like implanted in my mind, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the show was mayor of Kingstown. Have you seen it or heard of it? Mayor of Kingstown. Is it like a Netflix show or is it? It's on Paramount Plus. Oh, I love Paramount Plus. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. have to check that out. Very much like a crime drama. It's a little dark for me personally, but season two, you might see me in the background. 
No, that's so cool. I've always wanted to, because I know I've seen a few TikToks of people who've gotten cast as like extras in different movies or like I have a best friend who she does acting and she's been in the background for a couple of movies and commercials. And I just always think it's so interesting. Like it's definitely on my bucket list of things that I want to do. Yeah, it's really fun. And how did you kind of get into that? So I just decided I wanted to, I, I wanted to be an extra in a movie, like once or twice. I was like, I'll just do that now that I have like the freedom of working from home and the flexibility with my job. So um, yeah, I was just Googling how to become an extra in Pittsburgh, right? And, you know, navigated, got myself on some websites and just started like submitting pictures and then ended up getting a few acting roles with no lines in commercials and things like that. So um, it's definitely something that I'm just pursuing as a passion project, I guess. And we'll see where it goes. You know, it's nice to not have a lot of pressure around it or anything, but um, it's definitely interesting, like an interesting manifestation story for sure. No, it's def- and it's definitely like a fun fact that you can just whip out of the, like out of your back pocket anytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another question I had for you was, What's one thing you wish you knew how to do that you don't currently know? Ooh, oh my gosh, that is such a good question. What do I wish I knew how to do? I mean, I love to be fluent in Spanish. I speak very poor Spanish currently, (laughs) so I'd love to be fluent in Spanish. Honestly, same. I like, I don't know how many times I started my Duolingo streak and stopped it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think, and lastly, I'll end it with, what's something you can't go a day without doing? Mm, a day without doing, I would say drinking chai. I'm obsessed with chai latte. So good. See, I'm not, I haven't made it onto the coffee wave yet. I'm not a coffee or a tea person, but I will do wine and water all day every day and every now and then we do some red bull to get that caffeine which is probably worse than coffee but yeah well it's good that you're not addicted to caffeine yet because once you are (laughs) constant like okay and now I need it again sort of thing but it's also it tastes good so it can be really fun see there's some pros and cons yeah no Lee thank you so so much for taking the time and I'm really glad that we got to connect because I really value and believe in your mission. And I'm really glad that you were able to make time for me today to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. This was so fun. Of course. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to Above the Mean Podcast. If you liked it, make sure to comment and subscribe. I really do love hearing from you guys. I'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday morning. Make sure to tune in next week as I close out this month's theme of embracing change and I introduce the next theme for the month of November. And as always, remember, don't settle for average. Rise above the mean and stand out.